Welcome to the Harmony Pittsburgh Baptist Association Leadership Podcast, a podcast designed to encourage pastors, to equip leaders, and to engage the community with the saving power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Jeremy Randolph. Welcome back to the podcast. This is our final episode of Spirit-Led Preaching. We've had several episodes where different pastors have walked us through different chapters of the book entitled Spirit-Led Preaching by Dr. Greg Heisler. In today's episode, Pastor Keith Lauder of First Baptist Omaha, Texas, talks us through the Holy Spirit and empowerment. What does it mean to have a message that is empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit? There are some common misunderstandings of what anointing means. Keith is going to define uh, a biblical understanding of anointing for us in this episode. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes in this series, let me encourage you to do that. I want to thank all of our pastors, Tony Lawson, Randall Troll, David Rose, Joel Davis, Chris Wigley, Clint Davis, Zach Tunnel, and Keith Lauder for lending their knowledge, their expertise, their experience, their wisdom in helping all of us become better Bible teachers, small group leaders, preachers, pastors, and communicators of the gospel. So let's listen now as Pastor Keith Lauder wraps up this series on spirit-led preaching. Well, Jeremy, the message to me and asked me to do chapter 10. I opened the book of chapter 10 and began to read, and the guy said, for those of you who skipped all the rest of the chapters and wrote chapter uh-huh. 10, I said, man, are you a prophet? (laughs) How did you know that? Chapter 10 is full of a lot of information, and really the outline that I gave you is kind of a step-by-step through. Uh, But I do want to look at just a few quotes, and I'm going to start with a quote that opened it uh, by Charles Spurgeon. It says, the gospel is preached in the ears of all. It only comes with power to some. The power that is in the gospel does not lie in the eloquence of the preacher, praise God. Otherwise, men would be the converters of souls, nor does it lie in the preacher's learning. Otherwise, it would consist in the wisdom of men. We might preach to our tongues rotted till we should exhaust our lungs and die, but never a soul would be converted unless there were mysterious power going with it. The Holy Ghost changes the will. It is the power of the Holy Spirit through us. God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, sirs, we might as well preach to stone walls as preach to humanity unless the Holy Spirit be with the Word to give power to convert the soul. J. Adams' observation there, preachers often talk about the Spirit in vague generalities to tip their theological hats to acknowledge their need for the Spirit. But when it comes to specifics and theological depth, you find few satisfying explanations or answers. As preachers, we have got to learn to articulate what the anointing of the Holy Spirit is, what it looks like to our people. Because if we don't define that for them, what it is for us, then we run the risk of having them define it. And folks, there's a lot of bad definitions out there. There's a lot of bad examples out there. There's a lot of things out there that as we talk to people, if that's what they are latching onto, 
Lord help us. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a lady, and she said that she has been full with the fire of the Holy Spirit since visiting my church, and God has given her two visions, one where Jesus was before her reading a newspaper, and the other where flowers were popping up from the ground in front of her. Hey. And I said, are you sure that was after my preaching? <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> what are you smoking? <laughs> we have to be able to define, to articulate what the Spirit is doing in our lives. How would we define it? Is is it the same? Does it look the same for all of us? There are things that I think we can use. He defines the process in three ways. The first is the results. What is the result of the Holy Spirit? And really, this is in our own lives. What is the Holy Spirit convicted and how has that changed our operation? How does that really uh, make me adjust and how does that allow me freedom, which you'll talk about later, in my delivery? Next, he talks about our delivery itself. And God said that we are to feed his sheep, not to beat his sheep. Christianity is the one religion in the world that has been called to really conquer the world through peace, through the peace of Christ. That doesn't mean that there is not conflict. Of course, Christ said, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. But the conflict comes in the difference between a sinless life a sinful life. Those who are owned by the Father of the Spirit and those who are still owned by the Father of this world. And the God of this world uh, being Satan and full of lies. What impact does it have on our congregation? What do we see in the Spirit's moving in our people? How do our people respond in our, our delivery, in our direction? I was led on Mother's Day to preach about Hannah. Hannah was uh, a woman who for years was broken at the altar before God opened her womb and gave her Samuel. And then as they would continue, she continued to be faithful and go with Elkanah to the, the, the service every year for the sacrifice. And Eli would continue to bless her as she brought Samuel a brand new little ephod. And he would say, may God bless your home for what you've done. She continued to have three more sons and two daughters, but she continued to be broken at the altar. She didn't allow the brokenness that was her messed up life, the way Paniah was basically verbally abusing her to dissuade her from going to the Lord in prayer. How many problems in my church stem from the fact the Holy Spirit is vacant from the altar along with the people. My people have been conditioned to the fact that they can accomplish just as much in the spirit in their chairs as they can at the altar. But that wasn't true for Hannah. Hannah found her welcoming, not from people, because Eli thought she was drunk, but from the spirit at the altar of God. And if we are going to be anointed and full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we ourselves, we must embrace the altar of God. We must open our altar of God up to others and challenge them. I challenged my deacon chairman Sunday morning. Turkey did not come down and pray with me at the altar. I'm going to challenge him again this coming Sunday. 
I'm going to invite him again, and I'm going to invite the rest of the church, and I pray that they will come and they will begin to pour their hearts out to God at the altar because I think that is the remedy for our town. He talks about the characteristics of the Spirit. The first of those is, is freedom, and I was drawn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Now the Spirit, or the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is Spirit. How free is your delivery? We've talked about outlines. We, we've talked about uh, modified outline. or we, we talk about different things. Uh, I think you can use anything and it'd be free as long as it is received the guidance and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That takes some of those fears that he talks about later on, like the fear of man out of it. I have people in my congregation. My sister is professing to be a lesbian right now. I have people in my congregation who have members of their family who are dealing with the homosexuality. I cannot back down from the truth of the word of God just because someone in my family is dealing with it. Neither can I beat them with the truth. I must love them with the truth. Amen. God has a truth, and I can't change that. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. One of the things he talks about in the positives is vitality. The word there, which... Uh, Brother, you stole my verse. First Thessalonians 1.5, he uses the word dunamis. Behold, our gospel came of you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And that power there is, it, it made an impact. I went and taught this for a jujitsu class, and it was made all the more real because they were slinging each other in a match from all kinds of ways away. So every smack, I mean, they could just hear it just sounding off. Man, the Word of God has made an impact in my life. The Holy Spirit has made an impact in how I see things and how I do things and what I, what I say. How has that anointing affected us? And, and how does our congregation, how have we helped them wrap their head around that? I told my congregation here a few Wednesday nights ago, man, if I'm not saved, I would be a psycho. I would have killed so many people by now. All of them would have cut me off. I mean, all kinds of stuff. God, His Spirit has inspired a change in me. I'm not the same person I would be. There's this word in there He uses possession. He talks about spiritual baptism. He talks about possession. And for us, but, uh, possession has a, a bad context. But for him, it was, and he uses three quotes. He quotes... Uh, uh, several people, and I can't remember them all. But in Matthew 10, 19, I just wanted to call uh, to verse 20, 19 and 20. It says, when they deliver you over, don't be anxious how you are to speak, what you are to say. What you are to say will be given to you in that hour. It's not you who is speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Have you ever had that happen to you where you get up and everything just kind of Thoughts and scriptures that you never had on any piece of paper just popping in. Oh, I'm supposed to use this now, and this now, and this now, and this now. It's the Holy Spirit pouring into you what your body, what your flock, what He knows them to need in that moment. 
And so he is allowing you to join and to use that to be obedience, uh, to obedience. I'm going to go on. I, on confidence and authority, uh, the verse that hit me was Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The Jew first and then the Jew. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I think many of our people have owned that other section in Paul where he's kind of shocking. He says, what is this? You found a new gospel already? They're looking for all of these alternate means. Well, you know, the Bible's so old. No. The Bible is the anointed word of God. And when it has been delivered to us by the Holy Spirit and he gives us inspiration into what we are to say, it comes with the power and authority of God Almighty. And without that, like Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. He goes through some helps of spiritual empowerment. The first one of those is fullness. I said, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth empty. Psalm 100 there. Is your cup full or is your cup empty? Are we preaching out of a sufficiency or a deficiency? There are so many times when a pastor is called to wear so many hats and do so many things that through the week you become emptier and emptier, you know, more and more empty. And if you yourself are not being filled on a daily basis, then you end up preaching from a deficiency until finally you are dried out and you experience burnout. That is why it is so important for us, like Brother said, if you need to take a week away, if you need to take a, 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 a sabbatical, or if you need to go on vacation to Florida, whatever it is to talk about, to, to be filled with the Spirit, to receive inspiration, for Him to give you a new and a fresh word, whatever it takes for you to be full. And if that means you have to take a, a week or two away, then express that to your congregation. Be honest because you know where you stand in the Spirit. And then the final thing I, I really want to talk about is weakness and humility. James chapter 3 says, If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earnest, or is earthly and unspiritual and demonic. For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder in every vile practice. James 4, 6, he says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exhaust you. One thing that I learned through COVID, I didn't get COVID when COVID came out. I got COVID in January. COVID knocked me out from about 176 pounds to about 100, uh, 276 to 246. And I remember going up, and my thought was, I'm coughing, I'm hacking. Uh, I had Tony uh, Diornelis preach for me the Sunday before, and they said, well, can you preach? I said, if I can just get behind the pulpit, Christ will sustain me. There is a safety, a vulnerableness, a weakness where God is carrying us through. Folks, that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit to recognize that without Him, it's all for naught. Without Him, again, we can do nothing. Whether that's been through cancer and chemotherapy 
or, or COVID, I hate having to sit on a dang stool behind the pulpit. Oh, I hate it because I'm a walker. And I'm so weak, I just couldn't. <laughs> I'm holding on uh, while I'm singing, I'm leaning the music I almost fell over. I'm holding on to the, the podium, right? And once I started preaching, I didn't cough once. I was never out of breath. The Holy Spirit was carrying me all the way along. When we admit our weakness before the Lord, we are calling on Him to fill us and sustain us. Be prayed up. Be full of the Holy Spirit. I, I would love to pray for us. Father, you have honored us with such a calling in our lives. It's not always a fun calling. It's not always an easy calling. But Lord, it is a rewarding calling. It is one where you have called us to snatch people out of the fire of hell. Like Peter said, they smell like smoke. Father, to do that, we need your spirit. So, Father, I pray that you would just anoint each of us in our congregations, in our churches. Help us, Father, to rely on your spirit, to embrace your spirit, to be led by your spirit. But, Father, also give our congregations, give our, our bodies of Christ the discernment, the vision to see and know your spirit is at work. To understand that, as the song says, Lord, you're still working on me. And make me who I need to be. Father, bless and anoint these men in a special way. Your guidance, your protection. Father, your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. That's going to bring this episode of the podcast to a close. We want to thank you for listening. If you have questions or want to know more about the broader work of our churches that make up the Harmony Pittsburgh Baptist Association, you can visit our website at www.harmonypittsburgh.com or you can contact us here by emailing Jeremy, that's J-E-R-E-M-Y, at harmonypittsburgh.com. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Harmony Pittsburgh Baptist Association Leadership Podcast.